The ACBE Forum, Volume 61, June 2023, Number 12. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Nancy Gahagan, Thomasine Berg, and Bart Morse. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions which are tax-deductible can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB 6200 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 155, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the Combined Federal Campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 518-906-1820 and choose option 8. Tune in to ACB Media at www.acbmedia.org or by calling 518-906-1820. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at ACB National or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash ACBNATIONAL. Copyright 2023, American Council of the Blind. Dan Spoon, Interim Executive Director, Sharon Lovering, Editor. 225 Reinecker's Lane, Suite 660, Alexandria, Virginia, 22314. Table of Contents President's Message 30 Years of Convention Reflections by Deb Cook-Lewis Chicago to Become a Safer, More Accessible City by Ray Campbell Convention 2023 It's Not Too Late to Register by Janet Dickelman Seeking Volunteers for the 2023 Information Desk by Vicki Prayan The Audio Description Project Exciting Convention Plans by Tabitha Kenlin. Join us in July by Stepping Out with ACB by Katie Frederick. Affiliate News. ACBDA Peer Mentor Relations Program by Elizabeth Aleska. How Affiliates Can Set Goals They Can Accomplish, compiled by Artis Bazin. Learning About Spring State Conventions, compiled by Artis Bazin. How to Start an ACB Chapter or Special Interest Affiliate in Your State by Frank Welty. Summary of the March 9, 2023 meeting of the ACB Board of Directors by Penny Reader. Ship-shaped or ship-shocked, there are none so blind as those who are at sea by Janet Danola Parmiter. Our greatest challenge can be our greatest reward by Melissa Hudson. Letter to the Editor. Here and There. High-Tech Swap Shop. 
Upcoming Forum Themes and Deadlines August 2023 Theme, Travel Deadline, June 23, 2023 September 2023 Convention Wrap-Up Issue Deadline, July 24, 2023 October 2023 Employment, Vocational Rehabilitation, Training, White Cane Safety Day Deadline, August 25, 2023 Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb.org. Give her the information, and she'll make the changes for you. President's Message, 30 Years of Convention Reflections, by Deb Cook-Lewis. Have I really been coming to ACB's annual conventions for 30 years? Wow. I've not made all of them in person, but my first was indeed 30 years ago. I'm reflecting and marveling at the changes we've undergone with respect to conventions and communication during that time. In the early 90s, in-person conventions were just that. We had no ACB radio, now ACB media, and we certainly had no podcasts, online meeting platforms, etc., In fact, most members did not have email, and many had no computer. What we knew about the governance and activities of our national organization largely came via the in-person convention, the ACB Braille Forum, and perhaps a national representative attending our state convention, if our state could even afford such a luxury. I didn't know any national leaders, didn't know much about the board of directors, and the issues may have seemed remote and far away. We thought it was all good, though, and we were proud of our national organization and its affiliates. Fast forward a bit to 2005, which is the first year I had anything to do with ACB Radio's national convention coverage. For about three years, ACB had offered its national convention, General Sessions, as a live radio broadcast and offered some of the affiliate and committee activities as replays during the night. I remember retrieving the recordings from conference rooms, hoping they turned out well enough to be uploaded for replay. And in subsequent years, when circumstances prevented me from attending in person, I remember staying up all night to hear these replays of convention programming. We could only provide a handful of offerings. You couldn't choose when to hear any of it, but it was all appreciated. And I don't think we expected it to ever get better, because it wasn't bad. Even in 2005, most information was still coming in the same ways. We did have email now, but most organizations didn't really use it as a communication resource yet. And there were now a few podcasts, but only a handful of offerings in that format. Oh, and we still probably had no clue about national board and committee activities unless you could come in person to convention. My next personal milestone related to national convention was in 2016, when I attended as a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow and was elected to the Board of Publications. The technology was much improved, but our processes for delivering information were much the same as in 2005. The convention newspaper was now available in email and could be received even if you weren't attending in person. Our podcasting was up and running, and much of the programming was eventually made available to those who couldn't attend in person but the general sessions were still the only live content you could receive, if not in person at the convention. A key change impacting our conventions occurred in 2019, about nine months before the pandemic forced massive changes in how everyone would see the world. 
then-President Dan Spoon, decided to make all ACB board meetings available to members via live streaming. I believe this opened the door for the many changes made as a result of the pandemic. And we fast-forward again to 2023, where we'll come together in Schaumburg, Illinois, and virtually via Zoom and ACB Media. Every member can hear much of the program content live or via podcast. Every member can cast an individual vote during our elections, and you don't need to be physically present to win. Every member can actually hear convention-quality content from our ACB programs and affiliates all year round. It's not limited to convention time. And the list goes on and on. So I'm wondering how all of this evolution will change my convention experience over time. If last year in Omaha is any indication, I think our in-person experience will focus more and more on activities that can best be enjoyed as a rich in-person experience. We saw this most dramatically at the recent leadership conference in D.C., where attendees engaged eagerly in focus groups, hands-on exhibits, tours, and social experiences. Much of the content was delivered in the virtual environment and then applied in the physical setting. No matter how change impacts our processes and experiences in the future, I'm glad to say that ACB has taken major steps to become more inclusive of its members, whether they can attend events in person or will be attending virtually. And I'll just say that when opportunities permit, consider joining us in person whenever you can. You won't regret it. Chicago to Become a Safer, More Accessible City by Ray Campbell, ICB President Roughly since 2008, the city of Chicago has been promising to install more accessible pedestrian signals at signalized intersections. After many promises not kept in late 2019 with the help of disability rights advocates, the American Council of the Blind of Metropolitan Chicago, along with three individual plaintiffs, Anne Brash, Maureen Hennigan, and myself, filed suit against the city of Chicago for failure to install accessible pedestrian signals at signalized intersections. We sued under the Americans with Disabilities Act and Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act as provision of traffic signals represent a program or service of a local government. In early 2021, the United States Department of Justice joined the lawsuit on the plaintiff's side due to violations of federal law. This was unprecedented and a big step forward for our case. On March 31, 2023, a federal judge ruled that by not installing accessible signals, Chicago was violating federal law and not effectively communicating information about intersections to people who are blind or visually impaired. This is a great victory for individuals who are blind or visually impaired. While much work still needs to be done to negotiate a remediation plan with the city— the fact that a federal court has found that not installing accessible signals violates federal law is significant and should send a message to cities across the state and around the country that they can no longer deny people who are blind the equal access provided by accessible pedestrian signals. I am so proud of President Debbie Watson and the members of ACBMC, along with our other individual plaintiffs. It's been an honor for me to fight alongside you to make Chicago a safer, more accessible city. And I look forward to the hard negotiations that lie ahead to craft a remediation plan. This shows how important it is to belong to an organization like ICB and our parent organization, the American Council of the Blind. This helped us access powerful national resources to make Chicago's streets safer and more accessible for people who are blind. 
Convention 2023, It's Not Too Late to Register, by Janet Dickelman. Still want to come to Schaumburg, but you're afraid it's too late? You're in luck. Convention registration will remain open until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, June 16th. Register online at members.acb.org or call 651-428-5059. Assistance at the Airport To assist airline personnel and Marjorie Beeman and her cadre of airport volunteers, if you would like assistance when you arrive at the airport in Schaumburg, please submit the following information. Your name, the name of the airline you will be arriving on, your departure city, arrival flight number, arrival airport, Midway or O'Hare, arrival date and time, departure airline, departure date, departure time, your cell phone number. You can send Marjorie Beeman an email with airline information in the subject line at OLEO numerals 501625 at outlook.com or call her at 512-921-1625. Ordering dog food. Scoopmasters will provide and maintain our dog relief areas in Schaumburg. Locations of the dog relief areas will be shared via email lists and posted in the convention newspaper as soon as they are set up. If you would like to pre-order dog food to be delivered to your hotel room, call Tim Stone at 661-714-0749 or order online at scoopmasters.com acb. Tim says, it's a simple form that asks for name, phone number, brand, and type of food. I will call to get the details within 24 hours, and I will accept payments at the hotel. Food must be ordered by June 25th to ensure delivery. Need a wheelchair or scooter at convention? If you will need a wheelchair or scooter in Schaumburg, Lang Medical will deliver to the Renaissance. If you'd like to rent one, contact Lang Medical at 847 221 9156 to make payment. Once you have done that, please let me know so I can be sure that I receive your order when it arrives. Wheelchair rental begins at $50 per week, and scooter rental is $125 a week. There is also a one-time fee of $35 for pickup and delivery. Taxis to the Hotel The following information is excerpted from a handout provided by the Illinois Host Committee. I will be emailing the entire document to the convention email list. From O'Hare, you can take a taxi or rideshare, Uber or Lyft, to Schaumburg. The hotel address is 1551 Thoreau Drive, T-H-O-R-E-A-U, Schaumburg, Illinois. To catch Uber and Lyft from O'Hare, go to the upper level in front of Terminal 2. There are four zones for pickup, and the Uber and Lyft apps will prompt you to indicate what zone you are in. A, B, C, or D. Ask whoever is helping you which zone you are in. If you're traveling in via United Airlines or any other airline that arrives at Terminal 1, you're best to go to Zone A. If coming in via American or any other airline arriving in Terminal 3, the closest zone is Zone D. There is no rideshare pickup at Terminal 5, so you'll need to also get to Terminal 2. Be sure you have your luggage and that you are in the pickup area before requesting your ride. Drivers cannot wait in the pickup area. Also, there will likely be many people waiting for rideshare pickups at the same time, 
so we suggest letting the driver know you are visually impaired and what you are wearing to make it easier for them to find you. While you can also fly into Midway Airport, MDW, and take Uber or Lyft to the hotel, keep in mind it's going to cost you more, as Midway is considerably farther from Schaumburg than O'Hare. If you are taking a taxi from O'Hare or Midway, you pick these up on the lower level of either Terminal 1, 2, 3, or 5 at O'Hare or the main terminal at Midway. Be sure to take a suburban taxi because Chicago taxis will charge you meter and a half to take you to Schaumburg. Taking a taxi back to O'Hare or Midway, tell the driver what airline you're flying out on and they'll drop you at the proper location. If you are traveling to and from convention via Amtrak, you'll arrive downtown Chicago at Union Station. You can take rideshare or a Metra commuter train to Schaumburg. If you want to take the train, go to the North Concourse at Union Station to catch the Milwaukee West train line. We don't recommend taking a taxi from downtown Chicago, as they will be Chicago taxis, which will charge you meter and a half rate once you leave Chicago going to Schaumburg. Special note. If returning to Midway or downtown for Amtrak, taking a rideshare or taxi allow extra time, as there is a major road construction project taking place on the Kennedy Expressway, which is the main route into Chicago. It is sure to cause traffic delays. Hotel Details Rooms must be reserved by June 8, 2023 to guarantee the convention rate. Room rates at the Renaissance are $98 per night double occupancy, with an additional $10 charge for up to four people, plus tax, which is currently 15%. To make reservations online, visit tinyurl.com slash numeral 2 MB numeral 9 YN numeral 5 J. For telephone reservations, call 1-800-468-3571. This is a central reservations number, so please indicate you are with the ACB conference at the Renaissance Hotel in Schaumburg, Illinois. Staying in touch. The conference and convention announce list will be filled with information. To subscribe to the list, send a blank email to acbconvention plus sign S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E at A-C-B-L-I-S-T-S dot org. If you received updates for the 2022 convention, you do not need to subscribe to the list. Convention Contacts 2023 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman 601-331-7740 AMDUO at bellsouth.net 2023 Sponsorships ACB CONV Sponsorships at ACB.org ACB CONV SPON SHIPS at ACB.org or contact Dan Spoon or Clark Rockfall at 202-467-5081. For any other convention-related questions, please contact Janet Tickleman, Convention Chair, at 651-428-5059 or via email, janet.dickelman at gmail.com, j-a-n-e-t dot d-i-c-k-e-l-m-a-n at gmail.com. Seeking Volunteers for the 2023 Information Desk by Vicki Prayan. The ACB Information Desk needs you to help distribute and share news and materials in Schaumburg. 
We need virtual help to answer questions from those who call the information line, and in-person assistance to provide directions to meeting rooms, hand out menus, restaurant and business listings, and make sure that attendees have hard copies of potential resolutions and amendments. We can download files to a thumb drive or SD card, so bring that with you. The information desk will be open when registration opens on Thursday, June 29, and remain open throughout the convention until the afternoon of July 6. The desk is open from 7.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. If you are interested in helping out, contact me at prahin at gmail.com or at 614-949-7757 by June 15. The Audio Description Project, Exciting Convention Plans, by Tabitha Kenlin. ACB's Audio Description Project, ADP, will participate in the ACB Annual Convention both virtually and in person. We'll offer three exciting events, the ADP Conference, the ADP Awards, and film screenings. ADP Conference the ADP conference is taking place virtually from Thursday through Saturday, June 22 to 24. There will be seven panels, organized and moderated by ADP co-chairs Kim Charlson and Carl Richardson, ADP founder and senior consultant Joel Snyder, and ADP coordinator Tabitha Kenlin. Check the ADP website for additional information on panelists and mark your calendars now. Thursday, June 22. The CVTAA Explained, 11.30 a.m. to 12.45 p.m. Central. The Communications, Video, and Technology Accessibility Act, CVTAA, would update existing regulations to ensure better and easier access to a variety of technology for people who are blind, low vision, or deafblind. Panelists will discuss the writing of the bill and what improvements it promises. Meet the Streaming Services. 2.30 to 5.15 p.m. Central. Back by popular demand. Representatives from major streaming services will discuss how their organizations make their programming accessible now and what they've got planned for the future. Friday, June 23. AD Certification Update. 1 to 2.15 p.m. Central. Panelists will provide background details and an update on the progress of their work to create a certification program for audio describers. AD Across the Arts, 4 to 5.15 p.m. Central. While film and TV might be the most well-known audio-described art form, many arts and entertainment venues use AD as well. Live theater and dance performances, museums, parks, and even the circus provide AD to increase accessibility. Panelists will share some of the challenges and the excitement of bringing all the arts to life for people who are blind or have low vision. Saturday, June 24. AD Research, 10 to 11.15 a.m. Central. The academic community has embraced audio description, AD, as a form of audiovisual translation and within other disciplines, particularly in countries outside the U.S., Join us to learn the latest in efforts to examine AD through survey-based research, as well as lessons learned from professional practice. AD for Kids, 11.30 a.m. to 12.45 p.m. Central. Whether kids are relaxing with a book or movie or doing a homework assignment, audio description provides vital opportunities for engagement with the world of ideas. 
Panelists will discuss resources to help parents and teachers integrate audio-described content into the lives of their children and students. AD Around the Globe 2.30 to 3.45 p.m. Central Several years ago, ACB collaborated with the World Blind Union in a survey of audio description practice worldwide. This panel will highlight AD activity in New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and in the UK. ADP Awards After that great warm-up, we'll be in person at Schomburg for more exciting events. This year's ADP Award winners will be announced on Wednesday, July 5 at 10.15 a.m. Central. The ADP Awards honor the people and organizations who make outstanding contributions to the quality, availability, and understanding of audio description. The awards recognize achievement in AD in the performing arts, museums and visual arts, visitor centers, the public sector and government agencies, research and development, and career achievement. Film screenings Of course, we all want to experience AD in action, so the ADP will host two film screenings. On Monday, July 3 at 4 p.m. Central, don't miss One Step at a Time, A Journey of Hope, Commitment, and Resiliency. Blind filmmaker Michael McCulloch of Houston, Texas, will set the stage for the hybrid screening of his documentary and answer questions after the viewing. One Step at a Time chronicles McCulloch's trek of the 26-mile classic Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. The film premiered in February 2021 at the Real Abilities Houston Film and Arts Festival and won the Best Cinematography Award at the Sports, Fitness, and Recreation Festival in Toronto in August 2022. Finally, on Wednesday, July 5 at 7.30 p.m. Central, join us for an in-person showing of recent Oscar-winning titles. We're working to secure screening rights from the studios, so stay tuned for the big announcement of which films we'll be featuring. Keep up to date on all the latest ADP news by visiting our website regularly, adp.acb.org, and joining the ADP email discussion list. Simply send a blank email to adp-list plus sign subscribe at acblists.org with subscribe in the subject line. We look forward to meeting you virtually and or in person at the convention. Join us in July by Stepping Out with ACB by Katie Frederick. The 2023 ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk is a month away. This year marks 15 years of this great event, raising over $500,000 for ACB and its state and special interest affiliates. ACB is 62 years old this year, and the ACB Walk Committee needs your help celebrating. We want to raise at least $62,000 for ACB and your favorite state or special interest affiliates. You can help raise funds for the organization and win some gift cards, too. The 62nd person who registers for the walk the first team to reach the $6,200 mark in donations, and the first person to receive 62 donations will receive a gift card. So what are you waiting for? Create or join a team, register as an individual participant, and make a donation online at tinyurl.com slash bdzdjx2j. numeral If you need assistance registering or making a donation, call the Minnesota office at 612-332-3242. As in previous years, affiliate and committee teams can designate up to 50% of the monies they receive from donations to go back to their treasuries. Not attending in person? 
We'll miss you, but you can help support ACB from home. The on-site walk begins at 6 p.m. Central on Saturday, July 1. The walk will end with participants filing in to the opening general session. For questions about the walk, contact Walk Committee Chair Donna Brown by phone at 304-940-0292 or by email at donnambrown59 at gmail.com. Lace up your shoes and join us in stepping out with ACB. Affiliate News AAVL Convention Plans Come and join the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss in Schaumburg, Illinois this summer. We'll play a trivia game with Next Gen, learn the warning signs of Alzheimer's, and learn about the new normal. Match wits with Next Gen and the Boomers. Friday, June 23, 5.30 to 6.45 p.m. AAVL and Next Gen members are facing off. Trivia questions will cross generations as we try to stump each other's knowledge of the eras. Come join the fun, even if you aren't a member of either group yet. Smirks to laughter are mandatory. AAVL Lunch Sunday, July 2, 12.15 to 1 o'clock p.m. Break bread and socialize with AAVL members. No agenda, just eat, talk, and enjoy. 10 Warning Signs of Alzheimer's Sunday, July 2, 1 o'clock to 2.15 p.m. A volunteer from the Alzheimer's Association of Illinois will help us describe typical age-related memory thinking, or behavior changes. Recognize common warning signs of Alzheimer's and dementia. Discuss the tips for approaching someone about memory concerns. Explain the importance of early detection and benefits of diagnosis. Identify possible tests and assessments for the diagnostic process and name the resources available through the Alzheimer's Association. Sponsored by the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, AAVL, and the Mental Health and Wellness Committee, MHWC. Defining the New Normal, Sunday, July 2, 2.30 to 3.45 p.m. In this post-pandemic era, it seems as if everything has changed. This interactive workshop will enable you to design and implement your personal version of the new normal. Presenter, Pam Shaw, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Sponsored by the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, AAVL, and the Mental Health and Wellness Committee, MHWC. Teachers' Features for the 2023 Convention As usual, the American Association of Blind Teachers, AABT, has an exciting schedule of activities planned for you at the annual ACB convention. Even if you will not be traveling to Schaumburg, plan on joining us from the comfort of your armchair. Read on for more details. AABT members, mark your calendars for Thursday, June 22nd from 5.30 to 6.45 p.m. Central Time. Why? That's when the annual members-only business meeting will take place. If you are an AABT member, you will receive a Zoom invitation for this meeting. Please come, take part in the elections, and help make important decisions for our affiliate.
Do you love radio? Do you enjoy delicious breakfast food? If so, be sure to join us on Saturday, July 1st from 7.30 to 9 o'clock a.m. Central Time for our annual AABT Breakfast and Program. For this year's program, a representative from the Museum of Broadcasting Communication in Chicago will speak to us on the fascinating topic, Broadcasting, Past, Present, and Future. Learn about the history of broadcasting, today's trends in broadcasting, and what's in store for the future. The program portion of the breakfast will be available for those of you not attending in person. If only technology would permit us to stream the food to you as well. Our next program offering this year will be a presentation on Monday, July 3rd, from 1 o'clock to 2.30 p.m. Central Time, titled, What's New at Hadley? Mark Arneson, Director of Community from Hadley, will inform us about all the changes that have taken place at Hadley and how they can help people who are blind or visually impaired discover new ways to do things. Finally, on Tuesday, July 4th, from 1 o'clock to 2.30 p.m., we will be co-sponsoring a program with Lua and BRL. It will be a visit with Jason Yasner, Deputy Director of the National Library Service. Although it is not an official part of our program, AABT is recommending the Tour of Horizons for the Blind, which is scheduled for Wednesday, July 5th. We have a packed agenda for you at this year's ACB convention. Whether you are in Schaumburg or somewhere else, we hope you will join us for some or all of our activities. Make Ivy your business at the 2023 convention. As you know, Ivy always means business. This year, the Independent Visually Impaired Entrepreneurs, Ivy, has an exciting convention program planned for you. Whether you come to Schomburg or participate from home, you will find something in our program of interest to you. If you are an Ivy member, don't forget to attend our members-only business meeting, which will take place on Zoom from 5.30 to 6.45 p.m. Central Time on Friday, June 23rd. Come with ideas and suggestions to make Ivy the best affiliate that it can be. Members will receive a Zoom invitation for this meeting. If you are going to Schaumburg, plan to party with us on Friday evening, June 30th. RSVA has invited us to their mixer again this year. Come and enjoy refreshments, connect with old friends, and make new friends. Celebrate Independence Day, Tuesday, July 4th, with the Ivy. We have exciting activities planned for the entire afternoon. First, our annual luncheon will take place at 12.15 p.m. Central Time, with our program immediately afterward. Our first program segment, at 1 p.m., will be Learning About IRS Accessibility Services. You will find out about all the ways that the Internal Revenue Service is improving access to information for people with print disabilities and how you can request access to notices in your preferred alternate format, as well as how to get accessible tax forms and publications. Our presenter will be Kim Carmichael, Senior Distribution Analyst from IRS. 
At 1.30 p.m., we will have our second program topic, Link Up with the all-new APH Career Connect. Inform. Empower. Impact. You will hear from Richard Reda, Digital Content Manager, and Lori Scharf, Career Connect Lead Content Contractor. They will tell us about all the new tools and resources that are available for job seekers and entrepreneurs. Our program will be recorded, made available as a podcast, and possibly streamed in real time. Consult your convention schedule for more details. Finally, if you will be in Schaumburg, plan to participate in the Ivy Business Expo, which will take place from 2.45 to 5.15 p.m. after our luncheon and program. Here, blind and visually impaired business owners will showcase their products and services and answer your questions. Browsing at the Expo is free, but if you would like to have a booth, the cost will be $10 for IV members and $25 for non-members, with the option of applying $15 of the booth fee to annual IV dues if you choose to join our affiliate. You can pay dues, reserve and pay for a booth, or find out more about Ivy by visiting our website, www.ivy-acb.org, www.ivie-acb.org. Alternatively, you can call Ivy President Artis Bazin at 818-238-9321. Wouldn't you agree that Ivy has plenty of fun and informative activities planned for this year's convention? Please plan to spend some time with us. RSVA's Plans for the ACB National Convention Why not plan to attend the upcoming RSVA Conference and Convention? RSVA is planning the following events. Saturday, June 24, 1 to 3.45 p.m. RSVA Business Meeting. All members will receive the Zoom info in your inbox. If you don't have email, call 818-238-9321 for phone-in Zoom info. The RSVA convention registration fee is $20, which includes $5 worth of raffle tickets. Friday, June 30, 9 p.m. to 12 midnight. RSVA-sponsored, Ivy-invited, Mixer, all ACB members invited. Saturday, July 1, RSVA programming, 1 o'clock to 5.15 p.m. 1 p.m. All about the Illinois Business Enterprise Program. Guest speakers, Kim Borowitz, Esquire. Bureau Chief, Bureau of Customer and Community Blind Services, Division of Rehabilitation Services, Illinois Department of Human Services. This session will highlight Illinois' Business Enterprise Program. Participants will learn how they train vendors, the types of facilities they have in the program, and some statistics of relevance, gross sales, number of facilities, number of vendors, etc., they will also learn how blind persons can become a vendor in the state. 2.30 p.m. Tech it out! Moderator Scott Egan, RSVA President, Maplewood, Minnesota. 
This session will feature speakers telling about gadgets and tech used by blind people. We'll ask the audience for their favorites. 4 p.m. Tips and Tricks for the iPhone and Mac with Diane Scalzi, Blind Information Technology Specialist's Treasurer, St. Clair Shores, Michigan. Listeners will hear about using the iPhone more easily. Some great apps for the phone will also be discussed. You'll also learn about programs on the Mac. Sunday, July 2. 12.15 p.m. RSVA Awards Luncheon. Celebrating over 50 years of achievement and advocacy. The Cooking Without Looking TV show, How We Can All Change the Way We See Blindness Together. Speakers Renee Rentmeester, Creator, Executive Producer, Albany, Georgia. Alan Preston, host, West Palm Beach, Florida. Annette Watkins, host, Plantation, Florida. 2.30 p.m. Speed Networking, The Vendor Game. In this session, we'll explore career options, including Randolph Shepard opportunities available. Facilitators, Scott Egan, RSVA President, Maplewood, Minnesota. Artis Bazin, RSVA First Vice President, Burbank, California. Sponsored by RSVA, Next Generation, and ACB Students. 7.30 p.m. to midnight, Comedian and Karaoke. 7.30 p.m., First Act, Enjoy Some Laughs with RSVA Comedian. 9 p.m., Second Act, Show Your Talent with RSVA Karaoke. Monday, July 3, 6.15 to midnight, RSVA Casino Trip, Take a Break and Visit Rivers Casino. With over $1.8 billion in jackpots paid out, Rivers Casino has the most jackpots in Chicagoland. Plus, you can now find your favorite games and the newest slot machines on the main gaming floor, as well as in the expanded downstairs and the new upstairs gaming areas. Table games, poker, six games, baccarat, roulette, craps. There are multiple dining options, steakhouse, marketplace, four options, coffee bar, fast food, and Asian food. Annual ACB Ohio Scholarships The American Council of the Blind of Ohio will offer scholarships for academic year 2023-2024. to 2024. Visit www.acbohio.org for the submission guidelines and application materials. Complete applications are due by July 15. If you would like assistance or have questions, call the ACB Ohio office at 614-261-3561. Scholarships are available for entering freshmen, undergraduates, and graduate students. Previous winners are welcome to reapply. An applicant must be an Ohio resident or attend an Ohio school in a two-year or more post-secondary degree program, be legally blind, have a 3.0 or higher GPA on a 4.0 scale, and willing to attend the 2023 ACB Ohio Conference and Convention, November 10-12 in Columbus. 
send the completed application packet to ACB Ohio Scholarship Committee, 3805 North High Street, Suite 305, Columbus, Ohio, 43214, or via email to director at gmail.com with scholarship application in the subject field. Applications are due July 15. The scholarships are as follows. $1,000 Friends of Freshmen Scholarship Presented to a blind or visually impaired entering freshman in any field of study. $4,000 Max Edelman David Neumeyer Scholarship Presented to a legally blind undergraduate student in any field of study. $5,000 Joanne Fisher Linwood Walker Scholarship, available to a legally blind graduate student in any field of study. ACBDA Peer Mentor Relations Program by Elizabeth Oleska. Editor's Note Elizabeth Oleska is ACBDA's Peer Mentor Relations Chair. End of note. I am sure you have heard the hype. But what is it really all about? It's the Peer Mentor Relations Program, and now is time to clear up any doubts. A member-only PERC exclusive, a program truly like no other, a safe space to get and offer support, so that alone no one needs to suffer. A harmonious balance of peer mentors and mentees, supporting, encouraging, and empowering each other, through the challenges of blindness and diabetes. Do you have something specific you know or appreciate being able to share? Are you struggling alone in silence, needing a reminder that there is someone who understands and cares? Do you have a variety of questions that have come to your mind about how to handle so many parts of life, balancing your diabetes while being blind? then you are in the right place. No need to look any longer. As being a part of the PMR program, together we work to become stronger. Stronger in our knowledge bases and so much more, or to get support one desperately needs. No matter the combination of support, as newly made friends, your stress can ease. Meeting at your own convenience, at times that work for you, Working with a mentor or mentee can bring extra light into view. Because living with two life-altering conditions is hard enough on their own. So ACBDA created this program, so none of our members need to struggle alone. Together we can make a difference in the lives of all we meet. Living with blindness and diabetes together does not need to perpetuate defeat. So let us all give a huge cheer for a program that is changing lives. Give it a chance. You may be happily surprised with the difference it makes to no longer struggle alone. Are you ready to be matched, then to meet over email, text, or phone? Give it a try for yourself. Only you can be the one to choose. So what do you think, my friend? What do you really have to lose? How Affiliates Can Set Goals They Can Accomplish 
compiled by Artis Bazin, ACB Membership Committee Chair. A recent membership focus call took a look at setting goals you can accomplish. Members of various affiliates shared the following ideas. Doug Powell from the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss says their affiliate focused on important projects to keep members moving the goals along. One of their projects in 2022 was to contact area agencies on aging in communities around the country. They developed a questionnaire to see whether or how they serve the blindest population. The questionnaire can be found at aavl-blind-seniors.org. aavl-blind-seniors.org. The project's goal was to learn about the agencies and what each does, and how the affiliate can work with them. The result was getting more visually impaired advisors on these advisory boards. They needed education on assisting blind and visually impaired people with health care and effective managed service training for professionals. What is a measurable goal? Use the SMART goal example, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, with a timeline. AAVL is still monitoring their progress through advocacy. Amanda Selm from Next Generation explained how she meets with committee chairs at the beginning of the year, asking each one what they wish to do. What do they want to achieve? Is it measurable based on SMART goals? She gives feedback as needed. Some are motivated without feedback. Some know they need to set goals for their planned activities. She has quarterly meetings of chairs, which helps them to stay on target. They can discuss issues of importance, leading with intention. This helps with succession planning for upcoming leaders. She expects chairs to spread the responsibility to all committee members, so all will participate in planned activities. She has expectations of chair and co-chair to hold people on each committee responsible. They can mentor or encourage each committee member to go to the next level, creating a spider web. Determine who, when, and ultimate outcome. She uses the L10 format for committee meetings. David Kingsbury from the Bay State Council of the Blind stated they planned a retreat where they defined strategies and objectives, such as advocacy, communicating effectively, communication and outreach to outside audiences, social inclusion, as well as financial organization stability. At the retreat, they brainstormed about the next year. What well-defined activities could be managed? We must decide on what activity, who is doing it, and have an evaluation to show how successful the activity was. What was not accomplished? This monitoring tool could be checked occasionally and then annually. He suggested avoiding pie-in-the-sky ideas and to create a more practical plan and roadmap, especially in advocacy and membership. Try to be more active and less reactive. Find where gaps are and challenge members to find what they are willing to work on. There is a difference between established and new processes and endgame. Some are easier, such as having an auction. Transportation advocacy is harder with 15 agencies, 
all different, so steps to reach goal may change in time. They must decide when is best to contact them. Trampas Brown from the North Dakota Association of the Blind explained they felt the first step is determining how to measure the goal. Is the activity related to fundraising, to assist members and community, or for improving the finances of the organization? Lions are partners to assist in many of the activities since there are no local chapters. The North Dakota State Agency publicizes their events for them. Measuring why the activity should occur and what you hope to gain is valuable. The answers to those questions depends on the opportunity. Is it just social or advocating to larger groups like pharmacies? Do we need mailings? Do we want to reach out to possible members in the state or are we working on teen camp? Each needs a different approach. Do we want an urban camp with more technology? The camps would depend on the number of teens and the statewide PR campaign needed. First, we reached out to primary care clinics to have meetings with staff to explain best techniques for meeting with VI clients. We wanted to find 20 to 25 individuals, but getting to locations is a problem since most of the state is rural. We want to provide local trainings for those less experienced with VI patients. It should be a personalized response instead of a robotic one. When setting the goal, we need to know the background of clinics and the process of reaching out. Audience members on the call then provided some of their goals. Georgia is reaching out to senior centers and eye doctors about talking to those with vision loss. They talked with caregivers and centers, senior housing officials, about how to talk with blind people. Marilyn went to the legislature for accessible pedestrian signals changes. Virginia contacted legislators to make them aware of blindness issues. Plan to come to the ACB Membership Committee seminar at the National Convention. The topic will be how partnering with other organizations and agencies will help with membership growth. The hybrid event will be held on July 5 at 4 p.m. Central. Learning About Spring State Conventions, compiled by Artis Bazin, ACB Membership Committee Chair. In the February and March focus calls about spring state conventions, the following state affiliates participated. Minnesota, California, Illinois, Massachusetts, Arizona, Mississippi, Florida, North Dakota, Maryland, and Hawaii. We hope you find some new possibilities to consider for conventions in the future. Questions were asked for particular details, such as the type of conventions, virtual, in-person, or hybrid. Virtual only is likely the most inexpensive. The most expensive is the hybrid convention, since hotels need to be booked with minimum numbers for rooms and meals, as well as extra audiovisual equipment to make it happen. Maryland and Arizona held virtual-only conventions, while Massachusetts held most of the conference virtually with an in-person social event. North Dakota and Mississippi decided to hold in-person-only conventions. Minnesota, California, Illinois, and Florida planned hybrid conventions. However, each convention had its own unique components. Some had exhibitors in-person only, 
while others had exhibitors in person and virtually via Zoom. One conference allowed each exhibitor to have their own Zoom line for participants to call during exhibit hours. Other conventions used one Zoom line for all exhibitors, with each exhibitor having specific time slots. Exhibitor and sponsor fees varied. California had a special outside display on accessible tactile warnings and specific outdoor accessible announcements for construction. Exhibitors were agencies and organizations for the blind, as well as blindness-related product companies. Each convention had a variety of programs and speakers. Many had state agencies for the blind staff describe their classes and educational offerings. Other agencies, such as the Area Agency on Aging, Schools for the Blind, local independent living centers, and other rehabilitation center staff are invited. Other speakers give tips on yoga, defense, crafting, advocacy, and technology like iPhone or computer training. Other invited speakers covered accessible museums, starting or managing a business, legislative matters, and accessible gaming. Special events at conventions include luncheons, banquets, and tours, as well as dances. Special speakers are invited. ACB leaders, senators or congressmen, well-known authors, and comedians. Paying attention to what other affiliates do may give you some ideas for your next convention. Listen to podcasts of monthly ACB Membership Committee focus calls for more details. How to Start an ACB Chapter or Special Interest Affiliate in Your State by Frank Welty The strength of the American Council of the Blind is our individual members, organized for mutual support and advocacy in our local communities and in our states. As we move beyond the pandemic, we need to work to build up ACB in our local communities. Here's how we can do it. 1. Decide right now that you're going to take part in starting a chapter in your community or a special interest affiliate in your state. There's no need to wait around for someone else to get the ball rolling. Just finish reading this article and then go right to work. Don't worry about duplicating someone else's efforts. You'll find out about each other soon enough, and then you can start collaborating. 2. Make a list of other people in your area who may be interested in starting your group or in joining it once it is up and running. If there's someone you're not sure about, go ahead and put them on your list. While you will need a certain minimum number of people to get your group affiliated with your state's ACB affiliate, there's no minimum number for starting the process. The list will grow as you continue your activities. 3. Now, call or write to each person on your list. Tell them something about ACB and about the purpose of the group you are starting, and invite them to join your organizing effort. 4. Once you've received a positive response from a few people, schedule and publicize an in-person meeting, a conference call, or a Zoom meeting where interested people can get better acquainted, express their concerns, and discuss ideas for starting your group. The goal of this informal get-together is to share information and to identify the people who are willing to serve on a steering committee. 5. 
After the first informal meeting, spread the word that a committee is being formed to set up your new local chapter or statewide special interest affiliate. Schedule your first formal steering committee meeting. Notify your ACB state affiliate leadership about your activities and invite them to help. If you are starting a special interest group, remember to also contact the relevant national ACB special interest affiliate. 6. At your first steering committee meeting, you'll start by selecting a meeting chair and a note taker. Then you will elect your steering committee chairperson, vice chair, and secretary, and you will invite others to join the committee. The size of your steering committee is up to you. Finish the meeting by assigning tasks and setting a schedule for your regular committee meetings. 7. Once your steering committee is up and running, the committee will need to work on the following tasks, as well as others specific to your circumstances. Pick a name for the group. Gather contact information for potential group members and other interested people. This list will become your member roster when the group is formally established. You'll want the following information for each person. Name, home or mailing address, preferred telephone number, preferred email address, vision status, totally blind, legally blind, low vision or fully sighted, alternate media preference, email, audio, braille or large print. You can also collect information about the gender and racial identity of those who wish to share this information. Set up a means for your group to communicate with each other, an email list, a Facebook group, a telephone tree, etc. Set up a phone number and an email address where people can contact your group. This can be someone's personal phone number or email address, or a separate phone number and email address such as a Gmail account and a Google Voice phone number. Draft your group's bylaws. Begin publicizing your group through email list and Facebook group postings, articles to appropriate newsletters, and through word of mouth. Contact your state's ACB affiliate to find out what their requirements are for affiliation. For a special interest affiliate, you'll also want to contact the corresponding national ACB special interest affiliate. Typically, you will need to submit your bylaws, your member roster, and your affiliate dues to the respective organizations prior to receiving formal affiliation. 8. As you work on the tasks listed above, you will decide it's time to schedule your first organizational meeting. This is the point at which your steering committee will be transformed into a formal organization. First, you will adopt your bylaws. Then you will hold elections for your officers and directors. Then you will conduct other business, such as setting up committees, authorizing your treasurer to open a bank account for the group, adopting a formal motion to affiliate with your state's ACB affiliate, and possibly with a national ACB special interest affiliate, etc. 9. Once your organization is established, you'll have several more tasks to do. Select your organization's mailing address. This could be someone's personal mailing address, or it could be a P.O. box or other type of mailbox. Open your organization's checking account. This is probably the most difficult task you'll need to do during the first year. Don't be surprised if your bank takes several months to approve your account application. 
The days are past when you could stroll into a bank branch with your photo ID and a checkbook in your purse and then walk out a half hour later with your new checkbook. You'll probably need to schedule an appointment with your banker, and your bank will need certain information from your organization to open the account, such as a signed copy of your organizational meeting minutes, including a motion authorizing the opening of a bank account, and specifying who will be authorized to make deposits and sign checks, a copy of your bylaws, a copy of your state ACB affiliate's IRS letter of tax exemption, and a document certifying that your state ACB affiliate is authorizing your group to operate under its tax exemption, the initial deposit for the account, and other things that the government or your bank's management may decide they need. Until your bank account is opened, you'll probably need to authorize your treasurer to use a personal account to deposit dues and to make payments on behalf of the organization. Sign up members and collect dues. Activate committees. Start projects. Publicize the organization. Start a newsletter. Apply for affiliation with your state's ACB affiliate and possibly with a national ACB special interest affiliate. While this list of meetings and tasks may seem overwhelming, remember that you don't have to do everything at once, and you don't have to do it alone. Those of us who have been through the process can assist you. I am happy to share copies of documents that you can use as models, and I am willing to provide advice. You can write to me at frank.a.welte, W-E-L-T-E, at gmail.com, or you can call me at 510-541-1442. You can also reach out to ACB's membership committee and to their counterparts in your state, or special interest affiliates. Summary of the March 9, 2023 meeting of the ACB Board of Directors by Penny Reader. ACB President Dan Spoon opened the March 9 meeting of the Board of Directors shortly after 9 a.m. Eastern. All board members were present, as were a number of staff members and guests. To listen to the podcast, visit tinyurl.com slash numerals 575 NB numeral 6 VT. The agenda and minutes were swiftly approved and Dan moved on to the mission moment. This mission moment was particularly poignant for Dan and the board, as well as for Eric Bridges, who had recently announced his departure for a new position as president and CEO of the American Foundation for the Blind. During Eric's tenure, ACB's staff expanded from six employees to 15. ACB's budget grew dramatically, and corporate relationships flourished. Under his direction, ACB has become the undisputed leader in promoting audio description all over the nation and in the world. He has supervised an efficient staff, each member of which is willing to go the extra mile for ACB. Eric thanked the board, the staff, and members of ACB and assured the group that, under his leadership, AFB's working relationship with ACB and with other consumer groups as well will grow even stronger. Dan called on Gabriel Lopez Cafati to talk about ACB's project to provide live Spanish language translation 
for the virtual DC Leadership Conference events. Gabriel said that the Multicultural Affairs Committee focused on finding interpreters within ACB and the blindness community. He thanked Lucy Arguijo, Daniel Bertrand, and Joni Orozco for their excellent translation services. Translation was provided both for people who participated on Zoom and for the ACB media listeners, and the project gained support from national and international organizations, including Spain's ONCE. Gabriel said that the MCAC Hispanic Subcommittee is working on providing Spanish-language translation for the ACB website, and there are discussions about creating at least one Spanish-language community event each month. Dan talked about what to expect at the Accessible Currency Rally. He reported that ACB's letter to the Biden administration, as well as publicity surrounding the event, had apparently motivated the U.S. Department of the Treasury and the Bureau of Printing and Engraving to invite ACB to meet with them on the morning of March 10 to discuss making paper currency accessible. He announced that the Blinded Veterans Association, BVA, was planning to join ACB at the rally, and the NFB had sent a letter in support of accessible currency. Staff Reports Eric announced Kelly Gask's promotion to Director of Communications and Colby Garrison's new role of Development Officer. He also noted that ACB had hired Rachel Hollitz as Human Resources Payroll Specialist. CFO Nancy Becker reported that ACB received 104 verified scholarship applications in 2023. Last year, there were 77 applicants. She attributes the increase to community calls which extended help to potential applicants and to Kelly's effective use of social media to promote the scholarship program. Bill Reeder discussed the newly defined team approach to raising funds for ACB. The fact that ACB's programs are growing faster than the funds needed to support them is an inescapable reality, he said. ACB is building a mature fundraising advancement infrastructure program. To keep up with funding sources that ACB has historically relied upon and to assure that these revenue streams are not interrupted, the development team has created an annual calendar to track deadlines, challenges, and opportunities. In addition, the team's ongoing fundraising efforts will be organized around building relationships with individuals, corporations, and foundations. Colby Garrison will focus on individual giving and invigorating planned giving. Joe Lynn will continue to work on grant funding. She noted that ACB currently focuses grant requests on five specific areas of support, general operating expenses, the ACB Braille Forum, ACB Media, the Health and Wellness Initiative, and Community and Membership Development. Clark and Swatha Nanda Kumar outlined several areas on which ACB has been collaborating with federal agencies and allies on the Hill, including consideration of our needs with respect to air travel and autonomous vehicles. Clark played a recorded announcement from Senator Tammy Duckworth, Democrat, Illinois. Duckworth said, 
Too many websites and apps remain nearly impossible to use by Americans with vision disabilities. I am proud to have worked with American Council of the Blind to introduce legislation last year that would build on the promise of the ADA and finally make websites and software applications more accessible for all users, and I'm ready to see that this gets done. We shouldn't have to keep pouring so much energy just into defending our most basic rights, but until accessibility truly becomes a default and not an afterthought, I hope you know that along the way I am going to be right beside you, working to bring up that tomorrow where we won't have to work so hard just to lead our daily lives. Audio Description Project Coordinator Tabitha Kenlin told the board that in addition to working to assure that the Communications, Video, and Technology Accessibility Act, CVTAA, is reintroduced in the 118th Congress, she has been focusing on updating the ADP website to assure that it is modern, useful, and in line with the navigation and tone which govern the main acb.org website. She is assisting with soliciting nominations for several audio description-related awards, planning events, preparing to participate in a number of conferences, and responding to requests for information and suggestions. Cindy Hollis noted that the ACB community was just days ahead of celebrating their third anniversary on March 17. She wondered, what if the community had never happened? Well, right now, we have two people on our staff, Colby and Tabitha, who might not have been here. We have many people who are involved in our affiliates who found their way to ACB through our community. Our community has kept us in the forefront of the blindness community and shown other organizations that ACB is out here and constantly working on behalf of blind people all of the time. She told the board that a group in South Carolina is talking about becoming an affiliate again. Interim Executive Director After the morning portion of the meeting, the board met in executive session. No motions were made or actions taken, but the board brought forward a recommendation, which was outlined when the meeting reconvened at 2.20 p.m. by First Vice President Deb Cook-Lewis. In view of the fact that our executive director is resigning on March 21 to take another position, ACB has the challenge of appointing an interim executive director, she stated. The board reviewed four options, three of which would involve appointing somebody already on staff. The board had considered appointing Nancy Becker, Cindy Hollis, and Clark Rockfall, and determined that all three are already involved in performing excellent support for the organization. The fourth proposal was to offer the position to Dan Spoon. David Trott moved that the board offer the position of interim executive director to Dan Spoon, with a starting date of March 22. Doug Powell seconded the motion, which was approved unanimously. Dan's acceptance of the appointment meant that Deb Cook-Lewis would become president of ACB on March 22. Ray Campbell would move up to the position of first vice president. The board voted to leave the position of second vice president unfilled until convention. Financial Reports David Trott presented the 2022 Financial Report. 
The narrative summarized investment income as well as revenues and expenses as of December 31, 2022. He noted that the New Year's Eve Community-a-thon was particularly successful, and the Braille Forum raffle raised more income than ever before. To address cash flow issues, David requested giving the CFO authority to move up to $250,000 from the board's reserve fund as needed to cover day-to-day expenses. The motion was approved. ACB Media Rachel Schroeder asked the board to approve the proposed ACB Media and Affiliate Engagement Policy Guidelines, which the ACB Media Support Committee had developed in consultation with the ACB Media team, and which the Board of Publications had also reviewed favorably, and ACB affiliate presidents had seen. What we're asking the affiliates to do as they consider booking future convention contracts, stated Rick Morin, ACB Media Director, is to consider how covering affiliate conventions stretches ACB Media's resources. We're willing to entertain dialogue with anyone who feels that they need to do something outside the parameters outlined in the guidelines. The board approved the policy guidelines. Board of Publications Penny Reader encouraged members to contribute written, audio, video, and photographic materials to the ACB Voices blog. The BOP recently held a town hall meeting via a community call and is planning a number of activities at the convention. ACBES Report In his ACB Enterprises and Services report, Michael Garrett reported that the combined net profit from the thrift stores came in above budget in 2022. That, he said, was directly attributable to thrift store general manager Chris Sawyer's excellent management of the store's day-to-day operations. He added that rehiring a returning store manager for the Amarillo store is already boosting the profitability of that store. Committee Reports Pat Sheehan, Jeff Tom, and Ray Campbell presented proposed convention standing rules for the 2023 ACB convention. Jeff explained that all parliamentary debate will occur over Zoom during the week before convention. Record votes will be held on Wednesday and Thursday of convention week. The board unanimously approved the proposed standing rules, which will be presented for approval at the convention. Janet Dickelman reminded the board that the dates of the fall board meeting at the Hyatt in Jacksonville will be September 29 and 30. Jacksonville convention dates are July 5 through 12, 2024. The dates for the 2025 convention in Dallas are July 4 through 11, 2025. In Schaumburg, the board meeting will take place on Friday, June 30. The 2023 banquet will be on July 6. Registration for this year's convention will open on May 18 and run through June 16. Hotel reservations need to be made by June 8. Nancy and Dan reported that all first quarter goals have been either completed or are in progress and close to being met. 
With respect to several longer-term strategic goals for increasing ACB's earned income, Nancy reported that staff have determined that opening a new thrift store is not realistically achievable this year. ACBES will continue to look toward opening a new store in the future. Staff and leaders continue to investigate how ACB might monetize the data collected under the auspices of the audio description project. Goals associated with leveraging the expertise which our ACB community has fostered and developed. Pursuing continuing education units for community programming. Implementing a mentoring program. Increasing equity, diversity, and inclusion throughout all organizational programming. And increasing Spanish language participation through ACB events are well underway. The summer auction will be held June 17, with appetizer auctions on the 15th and 16th. Braille Forum raffle tickets are available for purchase. Plans for the ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk are already underway. Leadership training events with the Burl Collie Leadership Institute are offered on the second Thursday of each month. Ship shaped. Or ship shocked, there are none so blind as those who are at sea, by Janet Danola Parmiter. For independent blind people and those with low vision, using a white cane has numerous advantages. However, before being trained to use mine, I experienced many tragic yet humorous situations, which I called comical sagas of my fear of white canes. Thankfully, I smartened up enough to realize I needed proper mobility training, and now I always use the white cane, or my proverbial white knight in shining armor. Nevertheless, the introduction to a humorous article I wrote some years ago called "There Are Two Sides to Every Ski Button Story" explains my past reasons for not wanting to use a white cane. But in the past, after finally agreeing to mobility training, incredibly, or perhaps I should say, stupidly, I still refused to use the cane. Thus, over and over again, when my caring and persistent friend Kim saw me, she repeatedly asked, "Janet, where is your cane?" Kim had not been intentionally trying to shame me. But her continuous question virtually embarrassed me into realizing how foolish I had been acting. Unfortunately, with this issue, it took a few bad experiences to fully convince me to constantly use my cane. Why? Because I kept thinking, "That didn't happen just because I didn't have a cane. Next time, I'll do that better, and it will work out." At that time, I didn't know the saying. Only a fool does the same thing over and over and expects a different outcome. From youth, my Italian grandparents always told me, "I una testa dura," which literally translates into "You have a hard head." More or less, that idiomatic phrase means someone is a very determined, tenacious, and yes, stubborn person. Not that having a hard head is limited to Italians. But I know one stubborn Italian from New Jersey who, after he slid off a roof onto his head, boasted with pride, "The sidewalk cracked, but not my head."
Speaking of roofs, a prior article I wrote after falling through one was initially titled Determination to Bathe. Fittingly, that article summed up my strong-minded, persistent, and perhaps a tad stubborn personality. With three plaster casts on both legs and one arm, against the doctor's advice, I tried to invent new ways to wash while trying to keep all three casts dry. Humph! Maybe I really am a testadura. Dr. Hammerschlag, my orthopedic surgeon, certainly thought so. In any case, some Italians would say being a testadura makes us strong and others would say it makes us stubborn. Yet looking back on the humorous situations in my life, I can testify from experience, sometimes it simply makes us look dumb. If Dr. Hammerschlag were asked for a second opinion, I'm sure he would agree with that diagnosis. Now, I do not go anywhere without my trusty white cane. However, before I learned that lesson, I experienced the following ship-shaped or ship-shocked situation. While Keith and I were on our two-week European honeymoon, my cane issues created another uncomfortable yet humorous situation. Was it the fear of looking vulnerable? Was it vanity or just plain stupidity? Whatever I was thinking at the time, I still had trepidation about using a white cane. In 2000, my new husband and I left Venice via an Italian cruise liner on our way to the gorgeous Greek islands. That first moonlit night on deck, with the speed of the ship and the cool June breeze, it was a bit chilly. Keith, my ever-considerate husband, offered to return to the cabin and bring me back a woolen shawl to wrap around my thin summer evening gown. Yes, he is definitely sweet and considerate, but since I also wanted to change into more comfortable dancing shoes, I suggested he wait for me on deck. After a quick shoe switch, I touched up my makeup, dabbed on more French perfume, reapplied my ruby-red lipstick, and took off to dance the night away with my new hubby. When I returned to the deck, I found Keith with folded arms leaning on the ship rail. In deep thought, he was pensively staring out to sea. Deviously, I snuck up behind him, slipped my arm past his bent elbow, laid my head on his shoulder, and in a sultry voice said, So, what do you want to do now? Gently, in a warm, tender manner, he slid his hand over mine and slowly whispered, I not know what you want do. Hearing this deep voice with a foreign accent, I immediately jerked my hand and arm away from him, whipped up my head toward his face, and stared up at the grin of a wide-eyed, smiling stranger. In a second, with a blood-curdling scream, simultaneously I pulled my body away from him as though I had been struck by an electric shock. The scream was so loud, people thought someone fell into the Adriatic Sea. While people rushed to look overboard, I pulled away from this shocked stranger and yelled, You're not my husband! You're not my husband! With a wide smirk, he stroked my arm and in broken English snickered, No, I not husband. With my embarrassed red face, 
I backed away from him with arms wildly flailing side to side like a woman who was ready to be bad, but just repented and changed her mind. I stammered, I'm sorry, um, I'm so sorry, I'm on my, um, honeymoon, and I thought you were my husband, I'm sorry, um, I'm married, and I mean, I just got married, oh, really, I'm so sorry, um, oh, my, what I am trying to say is, this is my honeymoon, and, um, um, anyway, ciao, in a split second, I whirled around and fled like Cinderella when the clock struck midnight. Embarrassed and annoyed, I left, muttering, If I only had my white cane, there would be nothing to explain. Without a word, Mr. X would have immediately understood the entire awkward situation, and I would not have been stammering like a babbling idiot. Still angry with myself, I thought, What is wrong with me? If I only used my cane, everything would have been fine. Frantically looking side to side, I nervously tightened my shawl, wondering if Keith had seen me snuggle up to this want-to-be-more-than-friendly foreigner. What a relief when I found Keith on the other side of the ship, facing the opposite direction, oblivious to everything. Drink in hand, he was peacefully sitting at a table. Keith was ready to relax and enjoy the quiet music and evening ambiance, so we slid two lounge chairs together and stretched out. Well, at least I tried to relax, but since that was the first evening of a seven-day cruise, my thoughts caused me some apprehension about the possibility of facing Mr. X aboard ship. In my mind, I rationalized, Why should I worry? I have no idea what he even looks like. Within a few minutes, I talked myself into a calm state of serenity. Feeling a bit more at ease, I sat back on the deck lounge chair and, from a fluted glass, sipped a refreshing Prosecco and peach bellini. Seconds later, my anxiety waned, and I totally convinced myself to be unconcerned about the earlier shocking ship shenanigans. Putting our lounge chairs into reclined positions, we silently gazed up at the stars and held hands like two schoolchildren. With Vivaldi playing in the background and a second Bellini, it proved to be a stunning end to a disconcerting beginning. Soon, I relaxed, closed my eyes, and enjoyed the cool sea air fanning across my cheeks. As much as I tried to control my thoughts... Slowly, they drifted back to the humiliating event earlier in the evening. Over and over, my confused, stammering comments raced around my mind, and, You're not my husband. I just got married. I'm on my honeymoon. You're not my husband. You're not my husband, kept screaming through my brain. All these uncontrolled thoughts put me into the overpriced, expensive Italian shoes of Mr. X. Now, what was he thinking? What could he have possibly thought of me? What could he have... Oh, no! Immediately, I opened my eyes, sat up, and came to the realization of what he probably imagined. Oh, I'm sure of it. He knew I just got married. And yes, he knew I was on my honeymoon. And yes, he probably felt very sorry for what he undoubtedly thought was that pitiful, drunk American, still on a bender because she doesn't even know who she married or what her new husband looks like.
Our greatest challenge can be our greatest reward. By Melissa Hudson. Why is that man talking so fast? What are they saying? I don't understand what's going on because I can't see. These were all questions I asked my mother as she and I and her ex husband went to horse auctions. Growing up in mostly southern states, I was always around horses, dogs, cows, and any other animal you could think of. But as a totally blind person, I didn't care one bit about any of it. My mother's ex husband was abusive. And because of the abuse that I endured as a child, I was forced by him to go to anything that was horse related, including horse sales. I didn't care about the auctions, but I was always intrigued by what the auctioneer was saying. I've been extremely blessed to live in the state of Washington for the last 18 years, and I've been a member of the Washington Council of the Blind and ACB for almost 17 years. I've had opportunities that I never thought were possible. When the ACB community event started on March 17, 2020, I remember thinking that I'd love to facilitate calls and maybe do some other things as well. In June of 2022, my roommate had a medical issue and our apartment had to be deep cleaned. As I was sitting out in my patio enjoying the wonderful, sunshiny Seattle day, I had a crazy idea to facilitate a community call on auctioneering. I wanted a professional auctioneer to be my guest speaker. But I didn't know anyone in the industry. After doing my research and contacting five auctioneers that I saw on YouTube, there was no success. I thought, this isn't going to happen. One day I went back on YouTube and I watched an auctioneer contest at the 2018 Calgary Stampede. The first contestant to compete was a gentleman from Boyne City, Michigan, named Wade Lish. I visited his website and sent him an invitation to be a presenter for the community. He graciously accepted. On September 21, 2022, Wade and I facilitated the call, which I entitled The Art of Auctioneering. What are they saying? Wade touched on different topics relating to the auction industry, but the most important aspect is the auction chant. The auction chant is basically words and numbers put to rhythm to communicate to bidders the amount bid and the next amount being asked. In addition, the other part of the chant is using what auctioneers refer to as filler words. Filler words are those words that connect the numbers and help add rhythm. Common filler words and phrases are dollar, now, dollar now, bid, dollar bidder, would you go, able to buy, dollar down here, dollar over here, make it. Of course, we could not end the call without Wade selling something for us. Wade held a mock fundraiser where the winning bidder had the chance to bid on the opportunity to visit a local kennel where guide dogs are trained. You and four friends get to name the dog, have dinner, and learn about the training program. After some bidding took place, I and another ACB member from Louisiana together raised $60,000 to help ACB. It was quite the fundraiser. As members of this organization, we are all challenged in one way or another. Whether it would be in our local chapters, state, or special interest affiliates. You may be asked to do a leadership position that you never anticipated, and you thought to yourself, I'll never make it. Or perhaps, I just can't do this. However, once we do that thing we never thought we could do, it's the greatest reward for yourself, committee, affiliate, or maybe even in your current place of work. One of my very favorite movies is Aquila and the Bee. When Aquila struggles to perform on the school spelling bee, she started receiving some coaching from a professor and he challenged her to learn difficult words. 
the professor gave her this quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. Remember, at the next auction for ACB, bid, bid, bid. Letter to the Editor The contents of this column reflect the letters we had received by the time we went to press, April 25, 2023. Letters are limited to 300 words or fewer. All submissions must include the author's name and location. Opinions expressed are those of the authors. How important is Braille? If we fiercely advocate for Braille menus in restaurants, on elevator panels, soft drink vending machines, airport check-in kiosks, home appliances, shampoo bottles, and medications, how can we not stand firm on demanding that our organization, the American Council of the Blind, produce every issue of its monthly Braille Forum magazine in Braille? It's a mockery, and it's shameless. How can we decry the fact that Braille is being taught less and less to blind children in our schools and only half-heartedly being offered to older people who, in growing numbers, are experiencing vision loss, and yet, at the same time, capitulate to the ACB Board of Publications and agree that producing hard-copy Braille is, well, just too expensive, and that besides, there are other ways for blind people to get the information? How is it that the National Federation of the Blind can produce all issues of its monthly news magazine in Braille, but we cannot? And how is it that we can call our monthly publication the ACB Braille Forum when half of the issues are not in Braille? Is this not hypocrisy? I only read the forum issues I receive in Braille, and other ACB members have told me they do the same. There has got to be a way to produce the ACB Braille Forum in Braille 12 times a year. Larry Johnson, San Antonio, Texas. Here and there. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACBE Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to slovering at acb.org or phone the national office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Learn at Home Braille Courses The East Bay Center for the Blind in Berkeley, California, recently launched a series of Learn at Home Braille Courses we will provide an audio teacher and Braille workbooks. The audio recording will take you step-by-step and help you learn Braille on your own using the Braille workbook we provide. A Braille instructor will be available via phone or email for help. He or she will also grade assignments given at the end of each lesson and support you to complete these courses successfully. The audio recording will be made available online or on a flash drive as requested. The Braille workbooks will be mailed out. The BRF files of our workbooks will also be available online for download. There will be four Braille courses. Braille 101, Uncontracted Braille. 
Braille 102, contracted Braille. Braille 103, writing in Braille using a slate and stylus and or a Braille writer. Braille 104, will teach how to be more proficient in reading and writing Braille. Enrollment in Braille 101 began June 1, 2023. You may enroll using our online application or request a print copy via mail. For further questions, feel free to reach Professor Valine Shaw, Director, Braille Education, at shah at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org, shah at east, B-A-Y-C-E-N-T-E-R-F-O-R-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D dot org. Or call the center at 510-843-6935. What's new at NBP? Just released is Interpreting Your Blood Work, How to Read It and Natural Ways to Improve Your Results by Dr. Daniel T. Wagner. It's available in Braille, three volumes, and BRF. Also new is Your Personal Path to Fitness, Finding What Works for You, by Judy Dixon and Bonnie O'Day. It's available in BRF and hard copy Braille, one volume. Over in the cookbook nook, there are two new ones, Fast and Fresh Main Courses and Fast and Fresh Salads. Both are available in Braille and BRF. In the children's section is a book about a kitten adopted by a fire department. The Fire Cat by Esther Averill is a level one I can read book for ages three to seven and comes in contracted UEB. Newly available is the tactile Ukraine map, which shows the country as it was on February 24, 2022. For more information, call toll-free 1-800-548-7323 or visit tinyurl.com slash numeral 3 MSZ numerals 54 CT. New from Utah. The Leslie Gurch Cooking with Family and Friends, Volume 2, is now available from the Utah Council of the Blind. If you would like a copy, call the office at 801-245-9264 and let them know whether you'd like hard copy Braille or a BRF file. If you prefer digital, be sure to give your email address. For the hard copy versions, please provide your mailing address. Dragon Boat Racing The 5th Annual Nevada International Dragon Boat Festival will be held October 14-15, 2023 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Races will take place in Lake Las Vegas both days. Get your team signed up soon. The event kicks off Saturday morning with the captain's meeting. Races will begin right after the Lions Dance. Watch the Vegas Gold 2K Charity Exhibition Race, then spend your evening at the Strip enjoying a meal and entertainment. Races resume on Sunday morning with qualifying rounds and championship races. The days will conclude with an award ceremony. For more information, send an email to dragonboatnv at gmail.com. D-R-A-G-O-N B-O-A-T-N-V at gmail.com. High-Tech Swap Shop. For sale, Victor Reader Stream, second generation, in excellent condition. Asking $275. Contact Ann Morrow via email. A-N-N-E-M-A-U-R-O, numerals 711, at gmail.com or call her at 631-379-3301, 
or 561-508-3764. ACB Officers President Deb Cook-Lewis First Term, 2023 1131 Liberty Drive, Clarkston, Washington, 99403 First Vice President Ray Campbell Second Term, 2023 216 Prestwick Road, Springfield, Illinois, 62702-3330 Second Vice President Vacant Secretary Denise Colley Second Term, 2023 26131 Travis Brook Drive, Richmond, Texas, 77406-3990. Treasurer David Trott. Final Term, 2023. 1018 East Street South, Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Immediate Past President Kim Charlson. 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. ACB Board of Directors Christopher Bell, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, First Term, 2024 Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, Second Term, 2024 Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia, First Term, 2024 Gabriel Lopez Cafati, Miami Lakes, Florida, First Term, 2026 Terry Pacheco, Silver Spring, Maryland First Term, 2026. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia. Second Term, 2024. Rachel Schroeder, Springfield, Illinois. First Term, 2026. Kenneth Semyon Sr., Beaumont, Texas. First Term, 2024. Connie Sims, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. First Term, 2026. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California. Second Term, 2026. ACB Board of Publications. Katie Frederick, Chair, Worthington, Ohio. First Term, 2023. Cheryl Cummings, Seattle, Washington. First Term, 2023. Zelda Gebhard, Edgeley, North Dakota. Second Term, 2024. Penny Reeder, Montgomery Village, Maryland. Third Term, 2024. Gachet Wells, Jacksonville, Florida, First Term, 2024. Accessing your ACB Braille and eForums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email on the ACB website via download from the webpage in Word, plain text, or Braille-ready file, or by phone at 518-906-1820. To subscribe to the email version, contact Sharon Lovering, S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G at acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail, in Braille, large print, NLS-style digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone 518-906-1820. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader stream or from https colon slash slash p-i-n-e-c-a-s-t dot com slash feed slash a-c-b dash braille dash forum dash and dash e dash forum.